This is Aspiring Altruists, the show where you'll hear the stories of young professionals in the nonprofit sector working to change the world. We'll dive into their backgrounds, hear about the work they do, and ultimately learn how they got to where they are and how you can do the same. With the nonprofit sector comprising one of the largest U.S. workforces by tackling the world's biggest problems across nine major categories, you may just hear something that could change your life, and through it, the lives of countless others. On today's show, we're going to be hearing from someone who is passionate about creating real political change as it pertains to the environment, Amber Lee Todorov. Amber is a policy associate at the Environmental and Energy Study Institute, where she's responsible for various roles, such as being the editor for the organization's biweekly policy newsletter. She also develops congressional briefings, work on programmatic efforts with congressional staffers and policy professionals, and creates fact sheets, reports, and articles on environmental policy for distribution to a congressional audience. But enough for me. Let's hear more about what she does from her. So, Amber, what compelled you to get uh, into environmental policy work? Where did those interests originate from? Well, I've always loved the environment. I've always loved animals. There was a creek running in my backyard and lots of frogs and fish in it, and it was just amazing. So I kind of grew up with uh, a strong conservation-minded ethic and there was also really great um, wildlife and conservation programming at my school so I learned a lot about it there and I also just loved Steve Irwin growing up he was amazing he was such an inspiration mm. for me uh, in- incredible man and so when I went to college I knew I wanted to do something in the environment but I was never particularly strong at like the hard sciences like chemistry or physics right. um, So I thought maybe I could study geography, and that was amazing. I learned a lot about remote sensing. That was my focus, and I did some really cool internships with the National Science Foundation. Mm. They were amazing, um, working with satellite imagery to detect various uh, phenomenon, uh, environmental phenomenon and um, changes, particularly in Arctic tundra wildfires. That was like my thing. Uh Yeah, I also studied English, so it was important to me to have kind of a a qualitative and a quantitative major. So then, uh, fortunately for me, there was this random program um, within the state of Florida university system that sent 10 graduates from a Florida State University a year to uh, Oxford University uh, for Mm. a master's degree, and I applied to the master's in environmental policy and was accepted and it was a really amazing experience and I learned a lot about policy especially in an international context. Did some really cool work up in northern Scotland doing um, renewable uh, marine renewable energy and then I went back to DC kind of looking for work related to the degree that I just got. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Gotcha. Okay. So, so with those internships you were describing from your undergrad time, how did you get those? What kind of turned you on to being interested in those? Like what, uh, and what were you doing? Can you describe what you were doing through those? And I guess how those seemingly probably set you up for, being accepted into that grad program you're talking about. Absolutely. And I will talk about these National Science Foundation's research experience for undergraduates 
all day long. I think they are incredible programs. I recommend them to everyone. I don't think, you know, anyone would be the worse off for having gone to one. Basically, they're um, two, two and a half month long summer programs for undergraduates to work on a specific science-minded project at uh, universities around the country and sometimes there are even international experiences. So I found this awesome program at the University of Northern Iowa which was doing remote sensing for the summer and I applied and I got in and it was just totally great. I completely credit it for um, a lot of my later achievements um, in undergrad and in graduate school. It, it really set me up well. And the following year, I applied again to another REU program. This one was at Clark University, and that was a more policy-oriented one as opposed to remote sensing. There was a GIS element. I should say um, one more thing. Okay. After I graduated, I went to NASA Develop, which is a uh, another science-based uh, federal program. Yeah, so it sounds like you're really uh, through the works that you did in undergrad and now since then uh, that you're uh, really invested into the environmental work. Is there anything you'd say as far as what you're hoping to accomplish through the work you're doing and I guess ultimately your career? It's hard to say, right? Because the environmental field is enormous and there are thousands, unlimited numbers of intersection between policy and the environment and just things that are going wrong and things that should be, you know, corrected. So I hope that I can add a helpful voice to the conversation and be able to look back and say that, you know, my contributions uh, were very helpful um, but there's a lot going on and there's a lot of exciting things going on and I think uh, I'm optimistic I suppose I guess you have to be in the field there's a lot of a lot of sad things too mm. yeah and I guess so along those lines like what what kind of challenges have you faced so far in your career How have you worked to overcome them and what's what's the hard parts of being in that field so a big part of my job is putting together panels, putting together briefings and um, conferences, that kind of thing, and also identifying subjects that are really interesting to write about or highlight. And I think something that is underestimated in terms of how difficult it is, is correctly identifying the right people for to talk about the right things there's a lot of kind of direct i I hate to use that word but there's a lot of like not really that interesting or compelling stuff out there a lot of things that is kind of repetitive or not that interesting or just straight up not right sounding So it's kind of, it takes an eye, I would say, to find the really good gems to bring, to bring out like the really novel ideas and the solutions that are actually working and not just what, you know, the consultant who wrote it says. That's a really important skill. And um, 
you get that kind of just by reading a lot and talking to a lot of people and just being very, and, and also going to these events yourself and discerning for yourself what makes an interesting talk and what is like an interesting piece of this discussion that people haven't really heard before. Yeah. With, with all the ups and downs of working in the, in the field, uh, the challenges that you're facing, but then all the excitement that you had, is there anything else that as you're looking and maybe it's something you've thought about already in your career, is there anything else that uh, if you could be doing anything else, what would that be? I have to say, I really did enjoy GIS work and um, environmental remote sensing. I thought it was really fun and I thought it was well suited for it. And the computer lab atmosphere was, was enjoyable along with the field work. So if I were not doing this, I would probably be doing that. And I think I'd be quite happy there. Science is really fun and it's really it's a lot more straightforward than policy. It's, mm. um, I w- I'm, would not say it's easier, but it's less um, complicated in terms of, you know, there, there is a correct answer. There is like a discovery to be made, whereas there are a lot of value judgments um, in policy that you don't really encounter in science. Yeah, what, what is, yeah, for somebody looking at, the kind of work you're doing in policy, what kind of skills and interests do you think they should have? The number one skill that I look for when I hire interns, for example, I hire interns every semester and also for myself is writing. Mm. Uh, I cannot stress enough how important it is to be a good writer. And I think my English degree was extremely valuable to me. For that reason, I got a lot of, really good experience um, honing my writing skills and that was completely invaluable and I suggest you know anyone who wants to work in policy write every day write as much as you can and really practice that craft because it's extremely important along with reading um, you should be well versed in your topic at least you know on a on a basic level Um, in the area that you want to pursue. If someone, an intern, has that kind of stuff on their resume where they're like, oh, I run my own blog and I've published this many stuff, that's very impressive to me. I think that's great. And uh, there's other blogs that you can post on. Um, A lot of places are just looking for content. So whatever really interests them, I encourage them to write about. For you, who've been your biggest mentors either from undergrad or thus far in your career and what kind of things have you learned from them? I've had a lot of great people kind of advising me along the way. I guess what I've learned from them is kind of patience and, you know, perseverance and also just general in in terms of the job hunt and in terms of like advice for what to do next. It's really important to be clear about what you want to do. If you are clear with what you want to do, you will do a lot better. If you're a little bit unsure, which is totally fine, I was unsure too, it's gonna be a little bit harder for you. Uh, that's That's what I have to say. 
but also in terms of mentors, I think some of like the best connections I have are honestly with some of my friends and the peers that I've made in the undergrad, the really smart and amazing, brilliant people that have inspired me to work harder and also kind of showed me the different opportunities uh, that they've had that I could also pursue. Is there anything in terms of, you talk about all the work that you do with your job and your interests, stuff like that. Uh, if this is something that you're as interested in as you talk about, is there anything beyond your work itself, your role that connects to the work you do? Like anything outside of normal nine to five hours that relates back to it? Or are you mostly just keep work at work? I think it's important to keep work at work. Um, it's, not great to be completely consumed by what you do and it and that's quite easy to do if you work in policy um and and policy especially the direct you know policy associate kind of roles and the writer kind of roles they're um they're really more like vocations right so you're always kind of reading about what you're working on in some way or talking to people about these issues I read a lot of books and, you know, they just so happen to be about whatever political philosophy or environmental policy or environmental science. It really is a, a vocation at a certain point, but it's also important to tune out and enjoy your life because if you get really caught up in policy, there's not a lot of time to just enjoy where you are at in the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, having the having the different barriers, the different kind of drawing the line at points, even on things that you, that you care about. I feel like that's something that's an important message for anybody in the nonprofit sector in general. And definitely something I know I've experienced and have read a fair amount about myself is uh, the idea that even if you're super invested into an issue or a cause area, if you totally focus on it, that leads to burnout because nobody can focus on it entirely and it'll actually make you less effective and less interested in uh, because you'll get out of balance in terms of other areas of of life yeah absolutely adam and i think i i read this really you know kind of pithy tweet a long time ago that kind of reminded me of this they were talking about this person was at lunch and something political came up but they put it aside and they were like, lunch can be fun. Life can be fun. Doesn't always have to be about the policy and the politics of the world. Right. Which of course, especially here in the DC area, uh, that's something I know for myself, maybe you have to working in policy, find it hard to do, especially with everything just going on these days, whether it's uh, the ongoing pandemic or uh, recently the racial protests or just just uh, climate change never going away in terms of a pending and growing issue. It's uh, an interesting challenge to try and be able to turn it off when you feel like you're fighting an uphill battle in so many different areas. I know for me, it can, it can feel like without you, the effort will not be as strong. Uh, and so that's an interesting one to kind of wrestle with knowing that you're not alone in whatever issue you want to work on. Uh, there are others out there working with you. And so everybody's a part of the team has to 
do what works best for them as individuals and collectively work on the cause area. Is there anything in terms of the work you've done so far that you say is the most important thing you've learned? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I kind of said this earlier in the sense of the most important thing you can do really is take a lot of a lot of time and really think about what it is you want to do. And as soon as you're clear on what your goals are, you can do that. Um, things just get a lot messier. It, it's easy to draw a line from where you are to where you want to be, but it's very hard to figure out where you want to be. It's very, very hard. Um, but once you have that goal, you can work for it, um, no matter where you're at currently in your career or in your studies. How did you do that for yourself? What was the most impactful way you found post-undergrad, uh, like when you were out in the world? Yeah, it was actually really hard for me. I'm not going to lie. It was, uh, it was a total challenge. I mean, I come from uh, like a first-generation college student background. Like my parents are quite blue-collar people, and they really didn't know much about the field. And I didn't really know much about the field either. So it wasn't even really clear to me, like, what what are the organizations that are doing this and what do they actually do? I have this degree in, in policy. How do I apply it? I had some ideas, you know, we work for the federal government, but what else mm. is there? So I just, you know, aggressively applied for everything that I thought was pretty interesting and that I thought I could do. And I eventually did get a job. And while I was there, uh, I was there for a year and a half or so. I had a lot of time to kind of think about what I really wanted to be doing if what I was doing then matched up. And I decided that I would rather be working closer to the federal government in terms of, at the time I was working with scientific and professional societies and doing programs for them and writing stuff for them. And that was really interesting and fun, but um, I wanted to kind of get more into politics and see, you know, work with the Hill more. So ESI was a really great option and I'm able to do that now. And it's so much uh, more fun and it seems a lot more impactful to me. Although some people would probably prefer working with the professional and scientific organizations. Those are, that's, those are great groups as well. But that's what I found out when I was working at my first job. Gotcha. And sometimes it, it does take, you know, that first job to kind of make you really think about what you want to do. Yeah, first or, or second or, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's an ongoing process. I can definitely agree with you there. That's something that I've wrestled with is trying to figure out, you know, where will I be most impactful? Where do I want to be? Where Where is hiring? Uh, which is, uh, as we sit here amidst the economic craziness, can be a challenge for those coming out of college, entering uh, the workforce these days. But definitely, yeah, taking taking a try and getting experience in something kind of seems to get things moving and you discover much more through taking that kind of action than thinking about it. Yeah, and I would say that for those people who are looking for a job or are in a job that they don't really think is a great fit, you know, there's it's very helpful to volunteer at organizations that you really like or that you think will kind of give you the connections or uh, the experiences that can help you further 
down the line. Um, I think writing is always a great example. Um, a lot of great organizations could use more content, always could, and also just surveying the field, seeing who's out there and where you can help, and that will be, do a lot for you in terms of getting connections and experience in the jobs that you really want to do. Well, beyond that, uh, you know, if there is one thing you could tell uh, someone considering working in the nonprofit sector, you know, if you could tell them anything, what would that one thing be? I would say to come in with your eyes wide open. If it's an extremely competitive field, it's not going to be easy to get that first position. So be prepared for like having to write a lot of applications and being rejected. I've had so many job rejections. It's very annoying <laughs> to have to go through that process. So just be prepared for that and keep your options open for other kinds of jobs that are also in similar spaces, just in case. Well, thanks for sharing that. And uh, where, if our listeners are looking to connect or hear more from you, either about your story or any other advice you may be willing to share with them, where would be best for them to do that? Great. Well, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I check that pretty regularly. I'm always happy to chat with people who are early in their careers or have questions about the field. I think it's a great, exciting space. Um, I'm really encouraged by the new graduates coming out of college with so much enthusiasm and so much talent. So definitely feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to, to chat. Yeah, and definitely for any of our listeners uh, looking for that, I'll include the information on how to connect with Amber here via looking in the show notes. Um, so yeah, well, definitely thanks, Amber, for taking the time to chat with us today, share your story, and share your insights on what it's like for you working in the environmental field in the nonprofit space. Great. Thanks so much, Adam. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Hopefully you learned something new about the work happening in the nonprofit sector and were inspired to get involved. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening from. If you want to learn more about today's guest, how you can contact them, and explore the organization they work for, check out the show notes. But that'll do it for this episode. Come back next time to hear from yet another aspiring altruist.